I'm actually dressed today. Oh. Well, I had to get dressed to go to the shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the only reason, isn't it? It's, it's going to the shop and teaching music lessons online via uh, video calls. That's the only things I get dressed for. When you take the bins out, you should really put clothes on. Um, but yeah, anyway, maybe. maybe. Well, welcome to this naked edition of the Harley and Josh show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, so Harley is in his house. I am in my house. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Harley, it's wonderful to hear your voice. We've we've been off for about two weeks um, just to make sure yeah. that we collect enough stuff to talk about. Otherwise, it just gets very much of like, what did you do last week? Uh, just wandered from the Same bathroom the to the couch and then back to the bathroom again and then up to bed. So, <laughs> I, I fully expect, I mean, we've already started, but I fully expect like, like a few months down the line of doing this, it's going to be a big story when one of us gets dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Harley has pants uh, on. So, Harley, um, speaking of not getting dressed and not being bothered to do stuff, you were saying that it'd be really interesting to talk about how this thing, this lockdown, affects us uh, as musicians and mentally a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's a that's a really important thing. I've I've got to be honest. Um, it has been a bit of a struggle for me the last few weeks. Um, how so, man? Kind of. There's a. As you look online, there's a lot of negativity and um, you're keeping up to date with the news, which I've trying to stop yeah. doing. You <laughs> do see, I mean, the, you know, the death toll keeps rising. It's not going to go down. Mm. No one's going to undie, apart from that one guy in Finland what, that undied. What? Was it Iceland? What? Who undied? Oh, there was a glitch on the, uh, on the, the stats and it said, like, deaths caused by thingy. And I think it was in Iceland or Finland or somewhere like that. The, the death toll was minus one. <laughs> Brilliant. He's just like, I'm okay. I'm not dead. I'm getting <laughs> better. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was like, I, I don't know what I, what happened mm. to uh, to make that happen. There's but hey, hardy that's, people that's up there, what I Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's been like, um, it's been interesting. Like, for, for myself... We're in a very small flat. Um, we don't. We're trying not to go out as much as possible. And also, when we do go out on our allotted walks and stuff like that, we kind of have to avoid our normal walking place because it seems to be there's a lot of people who take their have their daily walk on the beach. Right. Which is not if if, if you're if you're travelling down to the beach to do that, don't do that. Like you shouldn't be travelling way out of your way. It's just yeah, just driving. Where our doorstep is. Is a, uh, is a is a is a hot spot for that kind of thing. Right. So, um, yeah, so we we find ourselves walking around the boring houses rather than the the pretty beach that we can see out of our window. Ah, see, yeah, <laughs> I see what you mean. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult because yeah, just trying to stop people from uh, you know driving out of their way to do stuff is tough. And even when people mm. talk to me about it, they're like, oh, I just went up to you know um, the the Norfolk Broads for a, for a walk and stuff. And you're sitting there gritting your teeth going, you're an idiot, why did you do that? You're making other people's lives harder. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we did, um, we were, well, I say, we were a little naughty in the first uh, 
few weeks. Not not majorly. I had to go around my parents' house to pick up some uh, equipment so we could do more recording. And also we had some deliveries and some letters from the bank saying, we still need your money. Yeah, um, exactly. Right. Tell me about it. <laughs> which, so, and we, we went for a walk around the fields around there and... We were we were very careful. We were like, and we were made sure we went round whilst our parents weren't there because we didn't want to uh, yeah. cross contaminate them at all. But like again, we we did that when we were sort of needed some time out of the house just to kind of recalibrate and absolutely be a bit sounder of mind because, like I say, it's it's difficult times when you know all you have is eight walls because we've got two rooms, right? And there's not there's not a, there's not a lot of stimulate stimulation to kind of do that i'm an outdoorsy person if i'm struggling if i'm having a bad day i like to go out go for a walk go for a bike ride go shopping whatever just to be around and uh, just being in a new space and with some open air and stuff like mm. that um and that that kind of vice that that uh that's been taken away from me mm. so, so what have you been I, uh, that, that's where my struggle has been yeah what have you replaced it with um, I try and do my allocated walks and still, um, as much as I can. Uh, I'm playing a lot of games on my, uh, on my phone and which is definitely not a good idea, but Hey, that's a good distraction from <laughs> the rest of the Why world. Why is it not a good idea? You can do what you want if it makes you happy, Harley. Well, that's it. I think it's, yeah, we, we do try and have ourselves a no screen time, uh, during the day. Good idea. Uh, one thing we we found is because of where the sun sits, if we're watching telly, we have to close the curtains, right? And if we're wa- so, we try not to watch telly during the day. So otherwise, uh, like that way, we actually get some sunlight in. Uh, but also, we've been bird training quite a lot. Um, I thought you said bear training just then. Uh, <laughs> crikey! Yeah. So that's amazing. That helps things. Yeah, that's um, a lot of people have been seeing my most of my newsfeed on Facebook yeah. is bird stuff more than music stuff, which is a uh, interesting. Uh, Thing. Switch, a yeah. lot of people do not care i fully know i uploaded a video uh last night of uh our bird brandon yawning <laughs> and i overdubbed uh a dinosaur noise to it great <laughs> well they are dinosaurs i did it in slow-mo technically so. they are <laughs> charlie didn't know that t-rexes had feathers yeah or dino fuzz like or, or yeah, dinosaurs had feathers of sorts, and it blew her mind. It was amazing. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I could teach them how to do tricks too. And I, I was a bit sad, because I know some scientists had uh, read um, a chicken to be more like a dinosaur yeah. by giving it a snout and teeth. I heard this. And I, I wonder whether the, the coronavirus situation is, is, is halting that progress, <laughs> because... I mean, getting a little bit closer to uh, Dinosaur World and Jurassic Park, or whatever you want to call it, is uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm fully on board with that. You got you you have to remain optimistic in these times. <laughs> yeah, you you spent all this time worrying whether you could do something like this. You didn't think about whether you should. So uh, you get it on lunchbox and you you sell it, you sell it, you sell it. It's all Jurassic Park, mate. <laughs> uh, the, the only problem that's going to happen is this fuzzy little T-Rex is going to come out and then get the sniffles. And then what will yeah. happen is that it'll, it'll get over coronavirus really quickly and then they'll take over the world again and then we'll have done it to ourselves are you, this time. Are you proposing 
Are you proposing a Jurassic Park War of the Worlds kind of? I'm proposing a truce where dinosaurs take over the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm proposing. I'm proposing that we should lay down our arms and and uh, and be subservient to our new dinosaur masters. Already, I've already given up. I, for one, welcome our feathered overlords. <laughs> that very very fun subject this whole coronavirus thing isn't it and it is it, it just effect, effect, yeah. affects absolutely everything so obviously we are musicians how mm. has music helped you to get out of this slump i have been delving into a lot of uh old songs i haven't played for a while i've been talking about doing some doing more bass covers we did the one the one take thing that's been going around which has been great uh that's kind of in its second wave of circulation, which is really cool, seeing some people doing a second take, well, not a second take, a second one take, song, <laughs> a one second take. take. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is great. Um, and they're, they're, there's some really cool stuff because everyone's got nothing else to do. They're, they're picking some really like complex songs and some really interesting songs that I hadn't heard. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going back to songs that I haven't played for years. Uh, there's a new song that I used to play in Mohawk back in the day, which I'm getting back on because I've. Uh, newborn. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Do you know that one? Yeah. It is so hard on bass. <laughs> I went to do a, a, a take on it yesterday, and I was like, I'm, I'm cramping up because I, I haven't played that kind of speed in There's so long. So many octaves. So I'm like, yeah, it's just arpeggiated all the way, and like it's just like, well, sixteenth note, like string skipping, silly stuff, like distorted out of its brain. It's mm. great. It's wonderful. Uh, have you been using the Helix? And I'm playing it. I've been using the Helix. I've also been using my five-string uh, status uh, graphite bass as well, Ooh. which I believe is what um, the what they used on the original recording. That's was a five-string cool. status, um, which I'm, I'm was great because it does sound the part. It sounds great. It looks awesome as well. Um, and yeah, I've been just playing around with lots of distortions and uh, getting that right kind of fuzz sound. So I know it's hard to get right. I know that TC Electronic um, do those tone print style things, right? So where you can, where an artist mm. will upload parts of their tone, and then you can sort of download that um, onto your pedals. Do, are there artists doing that with Helix stuff so that you can actually get that Muse sound? Um, I haven't found like original artists doing it as yet. Right. Um, I saw a guy who was, I think it might, it was a guy on Reddit and I think he might've been Avril Lavigne's bass player. Right. And he used the Helix to replicate the exact bass tone from every studio album. That's interesting. And just had a preset for each song. He might've released his patches or his pedal board for people to download right um i'm not 100% sure on that one but you may have done um but a lot of the content that seems to be put up online is user generated user content mm. yeah i um so i did uh the luminol base cover the last a couple of weeks ago that was very good my one take using a, a svt ampeg amp emulation and it sounded amazing and a lot of people go. Can you upload the? Can you upload the tone for that? So no. I chucked it on the website for people to download. I, I think it's had quite a few downloads already. It's, so it's it's people are like it's really good and it's a really sharing community. So on on the do. Helix yeah. website, use it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and you can filter by which version of the Helix that you have as well, which is great. Oh, that's very cool. Um, 
Yeah, so there, there, are, there are loads of people doing stuff like that. I say, I don't know if there are any artists who are doing it, like original artists who are uploading their tones and stuff. Yeah. But there are, you know, there are some great stuff out there. Because usually so, yeah, it's I've to been... do with, uh, with with artists that are endorsed by a specific company that will do that, won't they? And they'll sort of sit there and do those mm. big, you know, rig rundowns um, as part of their sponsorship. Um, but I've not actually heard of any... I love watching those videos. They're great, aren't they? But I've not really had any... Yeah. Uh, any idea of whether Helix have endorsed artists and the other way around um, to see whether they mm. run through their patches, etc. Yeah, that's yeah. I might I might do a quick bit of research on that. Uh, if you guys are listening right in, can research that and let us know. That'd be really interesting as well. Or if that's obviously a thing and we're being idiotic, we like to know when we're being idiots. It's Billy Sheehan. Oh yeah. Ah. So here's an interesting thing. Billy Sheehan has his own. Uh, he uses a specific compressor for his gigs. Right. Um, and in the latest update, that compressor got put onto the files. Wow. Um, so cool. you could now use his exact compressor as it's a multi-band compressor f- designed that for bass. That is very, very interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, um, when, when, you, when you work with, you know, some of the biggest names and very proggy names as well he's worked with, so people would be very interested in his yeah. tone. But I think it, it de- depends on fan base as well, isn't it? Like, you know, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, punk rock, uh, where it's sort of very much just a, a kind of stick your instrument into the amp and, and just go with it, not really focusing too much on the tone, you're not going to be sitting there going, oh, I wonder, you know, what what the tone for um, you know Green Day would be? Mike Dern. There we go. I really want to know what Mike Dern's tone would be like. You know that there's a lot of people that would be sitting there listening to you know Porcupine Tree or Mr Big or something like this would be going. I really want to yeah. know what what tone they're using there because I want to be intricate with it. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's the thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like proggy artists on here actually. Jeff Loomis. Uh, yeah. Devic McKay, don't know the name, but the band Twelve Foot Ninja are what a favourite band of mine. Really, um, I don't know if you know them. They are hilarious. I'll send you a link at the end <laughs> of the show. Please do, yeah. Because anybody listening, just in, search if you Twelve Foot Ninja. They are a very funny band. They're very proggy. They do not take themselves too seriously, but musically, they are genius. That is really good. So I'll, I'll, don't let me forget that. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. going to send that to you. Twelve, Twelve Foot Spiders. No, Twelve Monkey Legs. No, I've forgotten what they're called. Um, so uh, yeah, so you've been doing the uh, the uh, the the covers, the one te- the one second takes, just going right. Here's a song in one second. Um, and I should do that. That would be great. Totally do oh, that. Oh, so much easier. Um, yeah. Or if you were doing really, you know, being really super specific with it then you'd have to play all the notes of that song in one second so that may be harder um but i know that yeah. you were also doing some writing with charlie last time we spoke yeah so we've uh we finished what we've we been doing so well, last time we spoke we had one song nearly finished um which she'd kind of written and i'd put some music to nice uh and i've been quite experimental with how i've done that and i'm quite happy with how that's come out I may even be, we may even release something like that uh, on our page Great next idea. week. It's just Charlie uh, Charlotte Sutton. Is that is that facebook.com um, slash Charlie Sutton? Uh, I think it's dot com forward slash Charlotte Sutton Charlotte music. Sutton I music. believe. Okay, cool. There we go. Um, yeah, we've we've written a song together, which has been really nice. Uh, I'm I'm yet to record. I need to re-record the guitars and stuff because they were recorded very out of t- out of time. Uh, whilst we were just laying down ideas. We were just, you know, when you're in the moment, you're like throwing ideas down. You're like, yeah, just, oh yeah, add this, add that, all that. And then we're like, mm, okay, let's now make it sound good. Yeah. 
So we're now in the making it sound it's rem- good Removing the process. kitchen sink. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, we've got the instrumentation right. It's just I was like rushing to get guitars done. Uh, also, the vocals, she was whispering because it was quarter to 11 at night. And we we're like, well, I don't know if the neighbours want to hear this. But um, yeah, you don't want to they're trying to sleep. Mm. So we're going to, yeah, we're going we're re- to re- re- redo the vocals with a bit of a power to them. I think that's that's what's happening um, with a lot of this is people are realising that they live next door to musicians a lot more. Yeah, that's it. It's a really interesting uh, one there. Jamie Lenman. Right. He did a commentary on his uh, album... Uh, I can't remember which album it was, the one before last. And he was saying, like, talking between songs, he's like, notice how this one's sung really quietly. Guess what time of night I was recording that. Uh, and then the more louder ones he was writing during the day. That's interesting. In that, so, like, the time of the day can affect the the, the time that you record, like, the, the, what what happens. That's very interesting. interesting. I think that's a good idea, just just as, as an aside, doing an album commentary. Do, do people do that much that you, you follow? Uh... From what I understand, this was a um, Spotify commission thing. Right. So it was a Spotify sessions where he talked about it. So I don't know many artists that have done it, but he's one of them. Wouldn't that be great? Because, I mean, <laughs> uh, I think that would be a great thing for people to do during this lockdown time. If they've released an album, if they released a single or something like that, just release a sort of a take of them talking over the top of the album as well and just explaining their choices in certain places uh, and, and, and the way they recorded it, etc. It would be a really interesting insight into people's music. Yeah, it's really cool. He, he talks between the songs about them. So you listen to the song and then he goes, ah, oh, this is what happened and this is what's going on and this is what's happened mm. with the next song. He talked about like the writing. He also talked about the influence that he had from the producer, a guy called Space. Just, um, that's a great name. He... Yeah, yeah. Uh, born with it. <laughs> um, yeah. And also just like he said about like one song, he's like, I didn't really want this on the album. I didn't think this was going to be a hit, but the the label said, go with this because I think this will be a good, good song. And mm. he's and said how they made the right decisions in that regard and stuff like that. Exactly. I mean, it beca- so it's, a, it, it's difficult to... A good bit of industry insight. It's, good to, it's, a, it's very difficult to talk about music, really. And we do, we do this every single time. <laughs> you know, every single time we do yeah. a show, we're talking about music. And if you think about talking a, about a, a an art form is is you know quite primitive how we we describe it because you can only you've, there's only a certain amount of words that you can say about something and sort of talking about music is like talking about painting it's like talking about cinema it's it's you know yeah. it's a different medium to describe a different medium it's like doing an interpretive dance about uh, you know about a, a West End musical to tell people what your opinion is. You're <laughs> never going to get exactly the opinion that you wanted across. Um, but if you are literally yeah. talking over a specific part and then you are saying about that particular bridge that you were you were working on between the verse and the chorus and say why I I chose those sounds, why I chose those chords, why I liked that lyric there. Um, you know, I think that'd be that'd be really interesting for people to listen to. Um, mm. But so, th- what would you release the? Uh, well, what would Charlotte release this under? Do you think she'd do an EP? Do you think she'd do a single? Um, she's already kind of written an EP with Rob Lewis. Um, yes, we're just I knew uh, this, waiting for that to get finished off. Mm. So, uh, whether these songs that we've done will get added to that, or whether we to go towards the next thing, we're not sure. Um, we haven't really considered, spent too much time thinking about the audience. It's we're still very much of let's make a good song and we'll go from there. Yeah, 
And uh, I think we've done that. I think we've made a good song. Good. Yeah. So and it's also that's that's a good start. The difficulty is also if you're releasing EPs, etc., and collections of songs, it's releasing the singles at the right times as well. Because you don't want to just sort mm. of chuck out the best song you've written first when nobody knows who you are. Um, it's that kind of you want to get something out there that's good, but not the best, so that when people are actually paying attention, then you release the best thing. And then they're already paying attention kind of thing. So that'd be really yeah, interesting to see which ones you guys release. Well, I was I was thinking of sitting down with you at some point and picking your brain with stuff like this because you've got you've you've got a bit more experience than myself in that regard. Mm. So um, yeah, was, uh, and it's all just you know trial and error, and, isn't and it? Because I'm asking you on air, you have to say <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's really good, Harley. You're staying productive, mate. What about your own solo stuff? You've been writing some stuff uh, for a while. Is there anything that you feel is is close to being finished yet? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I keep. I, I'm working with ideas, and I'm. Doing it's a running gag on the show. It's the tease. It's the Harley tease. Every week, he's like, "I've been working some of my solo stuff. You're gonna hear it, but when?" Yeah, it'll, I mean, at this rate, it's going to be one of those posthumous albums. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not expecting that I'll be dying anytime soon. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think it's going to take ages. Uh, yeah. No, I'm really bad at committing to ideas, so uh, I think I just need to just like, c- like commit and just go. You know what? I'm going to try and make the worst album I can. That way, if it's anything better than bad. If it's good, I win. If it's bad, I win. I think maybe I should do that. It's like the producer's aesthetic, you know. Just make something that's going to be a yeah. flop, and then you'll be, uh, and then you were, you succeeded at failing. Yeah, exactly. I that's, maybe that's that's you. where I need to go. I believe you will, you will, um, uh, you will fail Bomb. at failing. <laughs> that's what you'll do. You're going to fail at failing. I, ah, I, I don't, well. I don't believe in you in that respect. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I'll think that's the only oh, time I'll ever tell so you. Oh, there are so many double negatives. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know who I am. It's the mind, mind, mind maze. Um, that's brilliant, yeah. mate. Um, so, what have you got planned for the next week then? Because you've said you've been very busy. Um, yeah, I've got uh, I've got collaborations that are work that are kind of in the pipeline. Are we allowed to know who? Uh, we're working. Uh, we're trying to get some stuff done for Chart Attack just to kind of remind people that we still exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you can't have a party with us doesn't mean you can't have a house party, right? Like without inviting people around, don't have a actual house party. Yeah, cool. Just a party in your house. <laughs> yeah, I, we've got uh, a few bits and bobs uh, that we need to do that I can't talk about, um, <laughs> and just some other just like collaboration stuff that I'd like to make happen um, that I may not have actually talked to anyone about, but I want to get the the preliminary idea. So when I pitch it to someone, they'll go, "Yeah, that's a good idea." Not. You have not thought about this. Right. It's definitely not going to work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a great that's, idea. that's kind of where we're at in that. That's so, yeah. awesome, mate. Well, uh, let's let's ask you the questions I always like to ask you. What was your favourite musical moment in the last few weeks? Seeing Toby uh, drumming to a awesome "We Are the Ocean" tune. I saw that. Um, like it's uh, I, I find the name of the song. It's great. It's like a weird like a proggy bond song <laughs> Prog- i don't know if it bond. actually was a bond song but it sounds like it is right that's um, cool 
And it, yeah, it's awesome. He's playing his, uh, he's got this tiny little Tama kit that he, uh, he got for his son, but it's put like, um, mesh heads on it and like quiet symbols. Right. Uh, and it's so he can play not, like low, low volume and it's just awesome. It's really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. And that was really good fun to do. It was, the, but, yeah. it was Ark by We Are The Ocean. That's the one. That's the one yeah. Did. Great. I, I haven't heard them in years and they seem to have changed yes, their style. Absolutely. Uh, quite a lot. And I really like what they're doing. That's very cool. What about your favorite, yeah. mu- well, the most important musical lesson from the last few weeks? Ooh, I tell you what, it's not going to be a single thing. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot uh, from writing with Charlie because we've been writing together rather than just her writing. Um, and kind of being a, like a, a bit more relaxed in our writing style in terms of going, oh, we need to put something there. And I was like, cool, I've got nothing. She's like, all right, we'll just leave it. We'll just put a blank space and we'll work it out later. Right. That line doesn't sound very good. Uh, we'll leave that there and we'll put another line in when we can think of it. Because when once we've got this down, once we start recording it, we've got it's easier to drop in and go, let's see how that works and listen back to stuff. So... Um, it's that kind of go easy on yourself on writing, which might evolve into me actually writing something worthwhile in my posthumous terrible album, <laughs> but we'll find out. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Harley, <laughs> yeah. uh, Harley's de- death album is, is going to be full of uh, meaningful mistakes. Yeah. So there we go. That is my last few weeks. Uh, w- what about yourself? Oh, Let's, um, that's Harley's last few weeks. <laughs> so this is a slightly drunk one. I'm not actually drunk. It's the middle of the day on a Monday. Um, but, or, or whatever <laughs> hey, day you are at the moment. It's lockdown. Exactly. That might be okay. Exactly right. Who knows what's okay anymore? Um, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a few weeks, isn't it? Um, so I've, mm. I've been, uh, since I spoke to you last, I've been uh, focusing a little bit on my solo stuff um, and writing and recording some stuff for that. Um, actually, well, I say recording. I haven't really been recording it. I've been, what, I, what I'm trying to do, which was like, like I was saying about releasing an album before, is sort of learning lessons and what you, what you did wrong um, before. And I'm trying to hone the songs a bit before I put them to record. Um, and so it's been really fun to go up uh, and do on Facebook a kind of demos of, of the songs that I've been doing. Um, just to sort of like, because in, in times like this, you can't do some of the most important part of songwriting, which is uh, almost like market testing, which is going to open yeah. mic nights and just gigging it and touring it. Um, you know, some bands like East Town Pirates, they were gigging uh, songs for five years before they released them on record. Um, and so they would change, um, you know, absolutely huge amounts between writing and recording. Um, so I, I really am liking being a part of that process. Um, and it's also... Uh, it's kind of affirming of songs when I, when uh, when you actually get written responses to it. Somebody's sitting there going, "Oh, I like that one," uh, or you know, "I like the I like the beat on that," or "I like the I like the riff," "I like the tone," that kind of stuff. So you're actually getting specific feedback. Most of the time, people will so who are go on. You're saying, are you able to pick feedback uh, from a from that kind of show? Because that kind of feedback that you get at a gig is not anything that's said. It's just a vibe you get from an audience. Yeah, true. Can you still kind of get that digitally? Yeah, that's the interesting thing. 
uh, that's a good point you're putting on there, Harley, um, is that um, oh, yeah. when you've got uh, these live streams, you have time-stamped um, comments, so you can look at them in real time. And so when it is actually during that song, uh, somebody will sit there and go, oh, I like that section, or that bit was sick. It doesn't have to be, or, or you know, the opposite, like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't have to be very specific, because, uh, you know, anybody here listening in who has... Uh, played a gig before and asked people for feedback at the end most of the time it was like yeah it's pretty good and that's it um there's no specifics mm. there's no like you know what you're really looking for is somebody somebody say yeah i didn't quite like what you did with the middle eight there and you're going ah, i knew that was going to be a gamble you know is is there is actually mm. stuff that you want to hear but you won't hear it i mean it's it's very rare that somebody will give you some honest uh, unfiltered feedback and very specific to songwriting or or the sound that you're making it'll just be they'll be mostly focusing yeah. on on the show because people are a very visual animal aren't we um so yeah. it's been interesting to have that where i play something and somebody immediately says that was good or that wasn't quite so good and then going back to the drawing board because everything's so digi- digital you can actually pick that part of your song rather than it just being a bit in your brain or some written down on scrawled notepad it's it's actually there you've got something you've got a structure already in your your uh, your your work ste- your work sessions you know in, in in logic or in pro tools and something so you can actually go in and slice bits up um before you and lay it down and then release it to the world thinking it's going to be the next best thing and then you realize it's something that you haven't worked on so yeah that's been really fun mm. um uh and you know doing that has been an interesting foray into the live setup that i would be using because you know i remember talking to you about this before we went to lockdown was mm. that i'd like to go into um you know the the gigging circuit solo just by myself um you know playing uh, these sort of new songs of mine, but with uh, drum beats in the background. Um, so finding a way for me to be able to actually control that live and also have the right setup so that it's actually got a full sound and it's not just me playing a guitar and, and some drums, which can sound very, very thin and weak. Um, so finding mm. the right way to set it up so that it does sound good and uh, you know getting the right EQs for certain things, getting exactly the right amount of level in certain effects and dialing them in has been really quite invaluable. Um, so there are upsides to being stuck at home, um, which is just oh, yeah. honing your sound, isn't it? Mm, definitely, and especially you know when you're when you're doing it that one man show as well, you can't rely on a drummer to self mix. You can't rely on the bass player just to go tweak a few knobs you're there on your own Absolutely. so it's good to be able to get that right straight out of the bat so you turn up you know where everything is and you go boom and go yeah you're right you, you don't have anyone by your side you know it's when i used to play with uh mohawk or space rocks i always the mixing desk was always my side of the stage yeah. because spencer who was singing he might need to change things but he's at the front of the stage talking to the audience singing the songs right. i can kind of hide off into the bing and just tweak a tweak a control why do you think so it always you don't have that wingman why do you think it's always the bass player because we know the most <laughs> <We're> the <best. laughs> well boasting boasist um yeah okay so basting basting oh. <laughs> i've just pictured your head on a turkey i don't know why. <laughs> just a, just a very very su- suggestive and seductive turkey body um so <laughs> right, and it, could, if anybody listening no in could Photoshop that, that would be great. Um, 
so uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, that interesting to your point there about which about mixing is whilst doing the Lockerbillies live stream, I've doing that every Saturday. My solo stuff, I think I'm going to start doing every other week and the same thing with the Buccaneers, doing them every other week just because, you know, the demand isn't quite as high. And, you know, keep mm. on wanting more. That's always the way to do it, isn't it? Um, they, yeah. um, the interesting thing with the Lockerbillies thing is that I've been doing it two backing tracks. So getting these karaoke versions or, or you know, jam tracks from, from old books of, yeah. of jams, uh, you know, that would teach you how to play the Rockabilly song and then would give you the, the, the backing for you to play over the top of it. Um, now, the, the difficult thing with that is actually matching the levels because I'll be playing them off my phone mm-hmm. and that will be going straight to the desk, which then goes into the interface, which then goes into the computer. So it's very much unfiltered. Um, what volume it's going to be because I'm not sitting there riding the faders while I'm playing so if I'll, I'll play one song and it'll be really quiet so I'll boost it and then the next one will be absolutely massive and it, I can just it, I can almost see people jumping out of their skin if they're listening on headphones when this very loud backing track comes in so um, Harley I'd like to pick your brains how would I solve that problem here's Harley's tech um, corner okay I would um, you can use a program called QLab uh, on your computer uh-huh. and run that out of a separate output to the sound card that you're using. Just run that out of the headphones out. Right. Um, and that has separate controls on each. On it, you, Every file has its own fader. Right. Um, and it's really good. You can launch it from a foot pedal if you want. So you can do it completely foot free. Mm-hmm. You can even... I could be wrong on this. You might be able to run it through your Helix as well. Ah. Not run it through the Helix, but you can use a you could assign a button on your Helix to launch the next right. song. I see what you mean. That's interesting. I mean, and in terms of just doing stuff pre instead of having to do it live, uh, if I've just put all the tracks into Logic, would there be a magic plugin that I could put on that would make everything the right level? Um, there's a essentially you either need some way of either normalizing stuff or a limiter yes like a limiter would work to a certain point but you may lose some dynamic in the song itself right um there is a thing called an adaptive limiter which i assume does a slightly better job of it i don't know i've not tried it but have a little research into the adaptive limiter that might do the trick yeah i use that quite regularly Um, on um on vocals just to make sure they punch through in a mix yeah that that's um that that's something that's worth uh worth using but the thing is you can also just look at the the file the waveform and just see which one seems thicker which some seems thinner um because a normalizer will only go to the loudest peak so if you've got a very heavy crack on the snare but everything else underneath it's quite quiet it will make it won't be any louder so you kind of just want to have you want to kind of play it by ear and work it out from there really yeah it's interesting, isn't it? Um, so yeah, that that's the problem. I really miss playing in a band right now. That you know. Oh, I, yes. A friend. Of, I was chatting with a friend last night. Uh, just that exact thing. Because um, I'm playing uh, along to Paolo. He's, right. I'm playing along to backing tracks and doing these and these songs that I'm so used to being playing for sort of four or five years. That that you know my friends would be playing them completely differently but to the the record is just so robotic and you can't you know drag it back if you wanted to slow it down or you couldn't you know uh, add mm. add extra dynamics to a certain section so it, i'm 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 quite disliking it but i just feel it's better 
to have a beat and have a backing for it to be a Lockerbillies gig. Otherwise, it's just me playing acoustic, which kind of everybody's doing and, 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 and it doesn't really fit what people watch us for, you know? I, 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 I chimed in briefly on your live show last week. I don't know if I was watching it live. I might have watched it post-show. Why, thank you. But I really liked uh, one of the arrangements of one of the songs that you recorded uh, a while ago. I don't know if it's been released or not, uh, but it's... Uh, a very different arrangement, not arrangement, just a very different uh, palette of sounds. Yeah. And it, I really like what you've done with Cheers, it. Cheers, man. It's really good. It's limiting what you can do without very talented people around you, um, you know, sort of working with your ideas and then adding their own parts to it. But, you know, you've got to do what you best, or the best you can. Anyway, I'm going to move away. From- sometimes it's good to work with limitations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adaptive limitations. Um, so the uh, an interesting Ooh. thing that I was, uh, was talking to you about before, which was making playlists for people. Um, because I think uh, at the moment, the mixtape is dead, right? Uh, I've, I've harped on yeah. about this. And I, I remember sitting there, you know, with like different CDs that I had. I loved one track from one CD and a different track from a different CD. So I'd sit there with the tape player recording those bits to tape. And I would put them out because I used to have an old Honda Civic. And the only thing that you could play music on was a tape. And do you remember those those uh, those tape oh, yeah. adapters that you could have? So it would be a tape going in and then a, 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 yeah. a jack coming out to put on your phone and your, your iPod. And yeah. I liked that, but I actually preferred to be able to sit there and choose a tape and actually make something that I liked. But you just don't do that anymore for people because people don't really have CD players in their car, and what well, in new cars anyway. Um, and even in laptops, they don't even have disk drives a lot of the time. So um, yeah. making Spotify playlists for people, I think, is the way forward. So I did one for Frankie a while back, which was kind of like a 60s um, garage rock kind of style thing with like the Stooges on there uh, and the animals. But then um, recently I've noticed her listening to a lot more electronica and techno. And I'm just remembering the days of me just sort of listening to Floating Points and Mount Kimby and Bonobo and all these bands that, well, artists and DJs and producers that I still absolutely love and think they're great songwriters and, and push the boundaries of what kind of modern and futuristic music can sound like. So I I, I delved into my old um, sort of electronica uh, back catalogue uh, to make her this uh, sort of, sort of mixtape for her. And I got very carried away. <laughs> because <laughs> i mean the last mixtape <laughs> nice. i made for her was probably about two hours long this one was like five hours <laughs> wow she looked at it she was like i'm not going to get through this but thank you um but she has been listening she's you know it's really interesting because i've been sitting there going i knew you'd like this artist for ages and then i'll put it on there and she's actually like eh, actually it's not not really my thing but you know appreciate the the offer or some stuff that she'd just be like oh that is exactly what i like thank you for introducing me to this because this is great music you know um and uh yeah so that, that that got me thinking what kind of playlist do you think that you would make specifically you harley for charlie oh that's an interesting one because um she she doesn't share the the love for the heavy music or the heavier music. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm into like heavy, heavy music. Yeah, but I've, I've constantly listened to you the, watching Cannibal Corpse. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like compared to her, my 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 palette is a lot more distorted. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I think I'd probably find some introductory music that for that kind of thing for her. Right. Sort of sort of proto uh, some rock. Some kind of. Yeah, sort of on the way. 
that that shares the ideals of the music that I like without being a shock to the system. Right, yeah. Just sort of being melodic and, uh, and, and, and being good songs, yeah. but also being quite heavy. So like like Zeppelin or you know, the Stones or something like this, or the Beatles. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she uh that's the point. She's not she has a very wide palette of music. Like she'll surprise me. We'll be sitting there. She she listens to a lot of country music and stuff like that. And then I walk in the room and she'll have uh some ELO playing or nice. you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, I just never would have considered that would be her thing, but hey, she's surprising me right. in many ways. I know, I love um, I love being a surprise in a music taste. I mean, like I've been doing a lot of gardening and uh and housework and stuff and I like to have that's a surprise <laughs> and that is uh and like sort of having lots of music blaring out of the house and then my neighbors must think we're absolutely insane because one minute I'll be listening to Slipknot the next minute I'll be listening to Rykuda the next minute I'll be listening to <laughs> um uh, some Mount Kimby uh some nice sort of you know, smooth sounding electronica, and then we'll be listening to some techno, and then I've got Pink Floyd coming out, and then some Stray Cats, you know, <laughs> or, or you know, uh, yeah. Johnny Burnett. So yeah, it's 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 good to be a surprise, and it's good to be a kind of a weird mosaic of music. I think. Mm, definitely, yeah, it's good to have that. Um, so you reckon? Yeah, so I think that that that'd probably be where it would be for yeah, me. That kind of stuff. That's a good idea. Uh, well, so you know, people listening in, if you've made a mixtape or a playlist for someone, we'd love to know about it, and we'd love to know what you kind of uh, uh, you know included on there. And if you are stuck for what kind of playlist to give to your loved one, uh, we do have a Spotify playlist ourselves called uh, just called the Harley and Josh Show, which has some amazing music on there for you to look out for. So there we go. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, I've done the live streams over the weekend. Had a little bit of one. I've cleared the garage up, so I've been doing uh, my Buccaneers one in there, which looks a bit more like a little pirate cave in there, which is fun. Um, and recorded some guitar and vocals for some covers that the Lockerbillies and I are doing. We've got some ideas for videos that we want to give to people, just as that we're doing some fun, funny covers like left field kind of thing, just to to make people laugh. That's cool. Um, what what's what's great about this kind of time is you can't, especially as a live band, you can't sell anything. So yeah. you might as well just have fun. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. You know, there's no point advertising a gig that's not happening. Or, yeah. You know, trying to book a book at a wedding because, you know, there's not, I mean, mm. we're still getting wedding bookings coming in, but that might not be on the oh, top of someone's mind because they don't know when they're going to actually right, have one. Speaking of weddings, emotional time. Uh, Owen and Jessica were, were a couple that we were supposed to be playing their wedding last weekend. And yeah. obviously it got cancelled. So uh, Owen yeah. got in touch with me and just said, um, you know, we've got to cancel. I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's fine. But we are playing this Saturday. I'm doing a live stream uh, on the night that their wedding was supposed to be. So I said, uh, why don't you try mm. and surprise Jessica and, and get her on it? And then I'll play your first dance. So I played their first dance, which was Stand By Me. Oh, man. And, the most, and you know, give them a shout out. And there were lots of people on the stream just giving them lots of love. And also the... the the, the very sad thing was the fact that they're both frontline NHS workers. So not only are they missing their oh, wedding, wow. but they are working their absolute buttocks off. So I'm really mm. glad that we could find a little bit of, 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 of love and happiness in the middle of all that. Um, so yes, yeah, oh, well nice that was nice of them. I think it was a great idea for them to get involved on in that one. Um, 
Well, so yeah. just a couple more things that I did over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Mefs have released their new video for Get Real, um, which I actually did a little cameo in. Um, they would they got lots of their fans Ooh, nice. to to record videos of them playing along to the playing along to the track and just dancing along to it and singing along. It's great. It's all about fake news and not believing everything you read just because it's written down. Like you know, listening to podcasts and thinking that they're speaking the ultimate truth because we're not. We're <laughs> we're idiots. Yeah. So that was really fun. So if you if you can find out the mefs they're they're from colchester uh and around the area um and the the, the song great very very um very short song and it's got a great twist at the end um so that's fun um i was at moorland uh but primary school and uh teaching and and sort of mostly mostly child minding for for key workers children you know what there'd be sort of about 10 or 11 kids that I'll be looking after um and uh, and just sort of giving them music workshops and teaching them how to write lyrics etc um but also just you know showing them how to make um puppets and <laughs> you know taking them out for a run and doing hide yeah. and seek and doing easter egg hunts and stuff it's been well fun um so awesome. yeah right um but the the funny thing is that there's still time to give them homework um and uh, yeah so they've got to have homework and some of the parents just aren't picking up the homework so we took matters into our own hands and i just basically went out in the van went around the community just giving homework out to the kids just posting it through their letterbox or just knocking on the door and just you know dealing with their dogs i I really have a have a newfound respect for posties um uh so yeah it was it was quite funny just watching people you know see this man driving around in the blacked out ford transit you know tinted windows full black just coming up is this your child's homework you know? <laughs> absolutely terrifying so that was fun brilliant um but yeah so that's pretty much what i done did harley thanks 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 for the applause everybody nice. thank you <sighs> oh my breath smells really bad um uh, <laughs> nasty um no. so i think we should move on to some news harley music news music news here we go music news and i have some horrible okay. news just to start off with um which, Great. which is the black horse has closed down um there's yes right i heard about how that. awful is that i mean they actually had this planned before lockdown went into effect um they were going to be closing up and in the summer having a big uh, you know, farewell party to the landlords. Uh, and it was their birthday as well. So they were going to be having a big birthday bash. Um, and then hopefully Aww. moving it on to a different, um, you know, different manager uh, or owner or whatever. Um, but because of all this, nobody's really looking in the market to buying a pub at the moment or running a pub because you can't do yeah. anything. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's, it's, that was a really good pub. A great supporter of music. And had a great following of music lovers as well. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, good luck to the Black Horse. We really hope it, it does come back swinging once this is all over. There's the, that should be the new where, 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 uh, is the, when this is all over. Because everybody says it all the time now. <laughs> when this is all over, where, 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 you know. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, let's, let's talk about some interesting stuff away from Ipswich. Harley, okay. you had an interesting news story that you came to me with yes. before the podcast. Do you wish to tell us about it, I do. Now, this is a really cool story. It's a band doing the right thing in a bad situation. Uh, so, uh, Bon Jovi, as everyone knows. John Bovey. Um, 
John Bovey uh, as his birth That's name. his tribute act. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead of postponing their tour, they've cancelled their tour so fans can easily get refunds. That's interesting, isn't it? So that's a really good move on their part. Like, it's really nice of them to kind of, like, they're looking out for their fans in this situation. Uh, they were supposed to do a big tour starting on the 10th of June, but they've decided the 20-show concert would have to uh, be sidelined. Um, and unfortunately, they'll re and re- reschedule it. But they've decided, rather than to reschedule where people don't get a refund and the tickets get uh or the dates get rejigged around which i've been the the wrong end of that when uh, a band i went to i had tickets to go see a band they rescheduled and i couldn't and i wasn't able to make the, mm. the rescheduled date and uh, if it's anything so like other big concerts some of the tickets of these would be hundreds of pounds um and so people yeah, really need I, that money right now yeah, I mean that that it's. I'm guessing it's like stadium level tour. They were going to finish off at Madison Square Gardens uh, to do a two day tour, uh, two day event there. So yeah, it's a real shame. Now this is kind of uh, there's been a lot of uh, controversy over like ticket refunds over event cancellations. Mm. Um, the, the, I'd just like to point out all this. All of our news, I believe, all of our news today comes from Digital Music it News. Does, is that right? Yes. So if you want more information on this, go to Digital Music News, um, search Bon Jovi, I'm sure it will come up. Digital Music News also reported uh, last week that uh, Ticketmaster had quietly updated its refund fine print, mm-hmm. only offering cashback options for only tickets for events that have been cancelled. So if you've got an event, uh, that you bought tickets via Ticketmaster uh, and they, they postpone a gig, even if they don't give a new date, uh, you are not necessarily going to be able to get a refund for that yeah which is a real it's a moral maze in this really, time because some people might need that absolutely. money it's a moral maze because there's the the thing of we all want our music industry to thrive and it to be uh, well if not the same as it was before lockdown better um once we come out of it that's our hope um and so companies doing this um yeah it's not the best for us consumers however for their stock price and their shares um that's different because they you know they're going to end up yeah being able to hold on to some of their money instead of having to constantly refund everybody so you think it's quite a shrewd business decision but in the end it just makes people trust that company less doesn't they and yeah that's that's the thing is you know that they're, they're they're a large company um and it's 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 really nice that you've got the band or at least the management of the band whoever made that decision going let's think about our fans because yeah it's we need to have their interest at heart because you know it seems like the the company that are selling the tickets don't have the fans interest at heart they're just looking after themselves yeah, more so absolutely which is sad isn't it it is a bit isn't it you know it's uh there's a, a i kept the sentence in there because i found it quite funny it says Fan brackets and politician responses <laughs> to the perceived policy switch up was predictably <laughs> yeah just a bit yeah yeah, yeah. Like, what would it be would it be you know mm-hmm. so hey but is is um, apparently if you are listening to this before May thirty first ticket ticketmaster customers have to request uh, refunds which they've got this kind of thirty day long refund window for ticket holders. Um, they've got to do it by May 31st. And if you do have tickets to show slated for August 1st or later, 
you cannot get your, your money back because you know that's that's kind of their cutoff point. So there's a heads up just in case you are affected by that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, yeah, there's a lot lot to lot to discuss. With they're still cancelling events. Green Day had to postpone or cancel a lot of dates on the first half of their tour. Um, ho- uh, they did say, however, their UK dates will still go ahead. This is for the, their tour with Weezer and Fallout Boy, which I'm hoping to go oh, on Oh, God, to. that was absolutely an amazing um, lineup that never happened, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it may still happen. Like I say, they're still they're still saying that the UK dates are still going ahead as planned. Was it called like the Super Mega Rad sure. Tour or something? Yeah, <laughs> Super Mega Awesome. Radical. Califragilisticexpialidocious Tour. Right, yeah. Well, it's very interesting. I mean, the, yeah. to see how the live industry will be working. I think the recording industry is going to see a lot more supply to what the demand is. Um, yes. Um, because there's just going to be so many there, people releasing stuff that it, it might just flood the market a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've already seen a lot of bands releasing albums early. Um, an interesting story that did come up that didn't quite make the cut for our, our news decision, um, that Taylor Swift's uh, old uh, record label, Big Machine, released a live album that she did in 2008 without even letting her know. Mm-hmm. There's been a very which, bit feud between those two for quite a while now. Yes, and it does raise some yeah. questions uh, about you know whether you are the rights holder of something or whether you are the creator of something aren't always the same thing. So she created these songs, but this guy who bought it out, I can't remember who, who what the name of it is, but he sounds like a bit of just a, a shrewd businessman that's not really thinking about the cultural um, impact of it. Just re really releasing stuff so what i thought was quite an interesting sting at the tail of that article was that so one their her fans fought back and just basically took the album that they released and put it up on youtube and just kept on loading uploading it onto youtube so that they don't get the money for or from the ads or 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 from any of the 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 album sales because people are just watching it on on youtube for free um Uh, or also was that taylor swift is thinking about re-recording all of the albums that they're re-releasing uh later on this year when the the agreements uh the contract is up so she'll just sort of Mm. go back over her old material either in new styles or completely the same which i think will be a really interesting study into the development of an artist and what their fans think about them yeah there's a that I I know there's a um I think it was a best of album that No Effects did a little while ago and they re-recorded a lot of those songs ah. and they did it like note for note essentially as the originals uh, but then just the recording quality was different because they were not necessarily better just different because they were done in a different yeah studio. different but technical advancements to those previous songs. yeah that's good I mean my, my yeah. buddy Valentine well constantly do that where they would just re-record and remaster all their works because they, there's, there's better advances in technology that would just make their sound exactly what they wanted in the first place. So I think that'll be interesting to to keep an eye on is, is what she sounds like on these newer versions uh, and whether she'll keep to the country roots of some of them or she will completely update them to her new pop style. Pop yeah. Let's move on to another news story, Harley, and then we'll have a little discussion over something that comes up in this because over 12 million people, I think it's about 12.3 million people, watched Travis Scott uh, perform on a Fortnite live stream. Um, so if, if people aren't quite uh, sure what that means, it, it, so Fortnite, you know, 
I'm certainly yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so Fortnite is online, uh, an online game where people shoot each other, right? Uh, so you create your own avatar so you can look however you want in this computer-generated environment. And there's a lot of buy-ins uh, to the franchise from different uh, companies outside of it. I mean, I remember when Star Wars, uh, I think it was The Last Jedi, no, The, the, mm. the Rise of Skywalker came out. Um, they had a big expansion pack uh, within Fortnite where you could play part of the story as actual canon um, within the Star Wars universe, which is unprecedented. So this this company, I think it's Epic Games, are really pushing the boundaries of what can be done with games. And so what they do with uh, Marshmallow, the, the electronic artist, had previously done this. What they do is they, they create a digital avatar of that, um, you know, character or artist so Travis Scott or Marshmallow and they'll put them in the game on a stage while people are around shooting people up <laughs> or you can literally just stand and watch the show um, so it's it's a yeah. digital recreation of a show it's all CGI um, but that really does push the boundaries of what you can do with a live show you know if you want that if you want the stage to completely lift off and go to the moon then it can if you want it to explode and the, and the artists jump out of it you know in a, in a a ball of flame and continue singing then you can um mm. uh, the the interesting thing that i found was that it's noting that there's 12.3 million people was on there the number was only accounts for actual in-game players so that were on that particular map so plenty of people tuned in right. to watch the concert through another player's eyes on twitch you know when you re-watch somebody playing something uh, and or youtube yeah. so there's rewatch uh, value there as well um, and so the total viewership will grow in the coming days as the event has like encore performances and stuff. It's kind of strange that more artists and entertainers haven't done this. I mean, there's only two people, Marshmallow, which people barely know who that is, and Travis Scott, which people barely know who that is. I mean, well, Travis Scott is huge and Marshmallow is huge, but yeah. people listening in, I'm sure um, there'll be some of you going, who are you talking about? And yet they've had 12.3 million people at a concert, which, I mean, uh, do you know off the top of your head what the biggest attendance for a concert has ever been? Oh, uh, was it one of yours? <laughs> Thank you. My ego is very, very grateful. So, like, the <laughs> highest attending uh, c- concert, apparently the oldest one is 100,000, which was... Um, which was his Grateful Dead at the raceway. Um, so that's in, you know, in the sixties. Wow. Um, but I mean, uh, Vasco Rossi, um, he had 225,000 people at the Medina park. It, um, who else we got here? Paul McCartney in Rio de Janeiro had 184,000 people. Uh, Frank Sinatra in, uh, 1980 had 175,000 people in Rio de Janeiro. It, it, so that is nothing in comparison to 12.3 million people. Whether yeah, and, that's and you think about the concert itself, how many people are actually watching, or are they just there? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right, but there again, you could say say the same thing. Uh, a gig with 183,000 people. Those people at the back are not getting a good yeah, show. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Like, you know, some people are just there. They're kind of half watching the show, but most of the time they're just there to hang out with their mates. Uh, you know, some people are walking around just selling merch, but they'd be counted within the crowd. Uh, some people, are, other people are just there to sell other merchandise, which I won't go into on here. Uh, you know, and they're not actually watching the, the gig. So, 
um, you know, the numbers get very skewed. But that, you know, why aren't more people doing this? Why aren't bigger artists doing this? Do you think it's that they're th- they think it's beneath them or something? Um, I think it's, it is one of those things is of it's hard to be in touch with that kind of thing. And it's also, it's a crossover. So, you know, we all talk about people like, you know, Rob, uh, his understanding of Fortnite is his kid plays it. He got, you know, he sees him playing a game and think, Oh, he's playing a game. He's playing it online with his mates. Mm-hmm. I don't think the thought of, Oh, I wonder if I could do a gig there. Would ever have crossed anyone's mind. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's taken some people who are, I mean, admittedly, uh, Travis Scott, I've just Googled him. Uh, his same age as me. <laughs> Someone who I would still say, I'm still way older than the, the Fortnite demographic. Mm-hmm. And to have to kind of take that on board to make it happen, yeah. and to realise that that's a thing that could happen. I think it makes. It, I mean, now we've had. It makes sense when it's an artist that had, these people know and like. I mean, Marshmallow had pretty much soundtracked Fortnite, uh, and so when he does a concert, oh, people fair. absolutely love it. Um, Travis Scott is of that demographic because he is. He has been going for a long time and is very successful, but yeah. his his popularity has only started to rise in the, in the last few years, and that it, there is a generational aspect to that. Um, and so you know, it takes a little bit of sly and savvy business, uh, you know, um, ideals to take into this, where Fortnite are like. Okay, so if we give this guy a cut or some you know cut of the merchandise that comes off this, or you know if people are buying memberships to uh, to to join in the game specifically for this concert, then he should get that. But um, and yeah. so you know Travis Scott gets a bunch of money, his record label gets a bunch of money uh, for this appearance, and Fortnite gets a bunch of new users because there's some people that were like that would be massive Travis Scott fans but never paid Fortnite, and then suddenly are going to have uh, you know a new account just to watch the special got, event event you got a venn diagram right now right yeah just people meeting in hey. the middle there we go yeah it's um it's great like i say you know when when all this sort of started happening a lot of people did the same thing as you're you're doing your place was going to facebook because that's where your target market potentially are mm-hmm. in the lockabilly's like, gigs yeah people like yeah, exactly. And that's where a lot of people are going because it's a already understood medium. Whereas these other guys, they're going to a, a like almost, you know, uh, a, a brand new uh, pasture of unknown, but they've already got a younger demographic to kind of make a start with that kind of thing. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, I've already had complaints yeah. from people on my Instagrams and they're going, why aren't, you, why aren't you streaming on this? And there's also people, you know, coming at me saying, they're going, I barely use Facebook. Why don't you do it on Twitch? Um, and again, like that's, that's very rare uh, that somebody that plays 50s music would actually find an, find a uh, an audience on either of those platforms. So I think, you know, Facebook with the yeah. older demographic, I just know that I would have more watches, um, more viewers anyway, uh, than, than if I went on one of these sites. Which brings uh, yeah. brings me on to the, the bit that I would like to pick pick your brains on, Harley. Do you think that live streaming gigs is going to be the future? I think it's going to become a much more of an accepted medium. Uh, especially I think what's happened with this is it's forced people to learn how these things work and kind of understand that idea. You know, you will have those people who aren't technically minded who go, why am I going to watch a a film on a a 
gig on a screen right. and anything like that, as well as the people like us going, how do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> so... I think um, it's an interesting I thing there because there'll be some people sit there and sit going, okay, I, I see this for the necessity of it. If I want to see live music, that's the only way that I can do it right now. Um, and yeah. I would like to know whether um, there will be a large percentage of people that will be actually won over by that and suddenly say, oh man, I want to watch all of my live gigs like this um, because maybe they've got some social anxiety. They don't really like going out to big crowds, um, but they still like to see musicians uh, perform the best they can uh, the songs that they love yeah um or um you know so i think it, there'll be people sort of converting for that but i'm not sure that there'll be that many people that will be converting because they just like it better no i mean it is nice to watch a gig without you having your ears like ringing afterwards True. that is always nice um but uh i don't think you'll like that that live experience that watching a band that being in a live that 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 the electricity in the air you know that and also that kind of if they haven't pat tested anything spirit, yeah. like you say <laughs> yeah that's true uh, but like like what i was saying you get a vibe from an audience not with, without them having to say anything you can tell where they're having a good time or if they're having a bad time from just the vibe in that room you'll never replace mm. that i think that's what keep will keep people coming online yeah and i've noticed in my own mental state when i'm watching the screen while i'm playing um i'm kind of just looking at myself back at me which is weird i don't like it um and also you know you'll be seeing the reactions coming in and every once in a while you'll just sort of see this angry emoji come up and you're just going oh no what does what does that mean oh do i have to change what i'm doing now whereas yeah. at a gig the only time you'd really feel like people were having a bad time is if they just weren't paying attention, didn't clap, or they booed. Um, and you could kind of read it off their faces and stuff. So just reading it off comments and, and emojis is, it, from a performer's perspective, I, I despise it. <laughs> it's horrible. So I've been, yeah, definitely. luckily, I've had Frankie in the room when I've been doing live streams. So I just look at her when I'm doing it, and that, that makes me feel better. <laughs> That makes me feel. Yeah, bad. at least you have one person in the room who would applaud. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> "Thanks." You you have well, to do that because okay. I help you pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to wrap things up, and talking of live streams and stuff, have you got any live? Are you planning to do any more live streams? I'm going to keep going uh, on the regular on Saturdays with JS and the Lockerbillies. Um and I've been taking yeah. requests, you know, uh, you know, prior to the day, so that I can get a packet back in track ready for it. Um, I'm going to keep doing some, some Buccaneers mm. stuff and I'm going to keep um, keep going with my, my solo stuff just to really get myself ready for when we can gig again, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Nice, man. That's, that's, yeah, it's good to keep, keep it going. We've got a big list. It's an excuse to sing as well. People. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, what about you? Are you, are you thinking about you know doing a live stream anytime soon with, with Charlie or, or by yourself? Um, we've talked about it. We haven't actually made any steps to kind of do it just yet. We're trying to get work the songs out first, get the, get the songs ready first. Yeah. Yeah. We've Tour still got it. a fairly limited set, so we don't want to do a, but yeah, we'd like to do something like that. Um, we'll, we'll get there eventually. I'm sure. So let's, <laughs> let's shout out some people that are doing it. Big lift. <laughs> um, we did put out a shout yep. out on our Facebook page, um, you know, asking for people to let us know when they're gigging and whether they do any music tuition uh, or if they're writing anything or if they're recording anything. Um, so we did get some people coming back, uh, but 
you know, we always want more. So if you are listening and you've got stuff that you'd like us to shout out, do let us know. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, we've got our Spotify, um, and we also have an email, Harley and Josh Show at right. gmail.com. Um, so first, I've got a comment from Mr. Rob Lewis, the love gun fighter. Um, he's been doing quite a few, He's been doing really he? well, yeah, absolutely. Um, he says, I'm playing online gigs when I should have been playing a real gig. So, you know, every time he would have had a booking, that's when he's going to do a live gig anyway. Uh, he says, I'm also still doing private online tuition, recording some bits and pieces and a little bit of writing. And my Kiss gig last Saturday required a lot of rehearsal, so that kept me busy. Well done, Bowie. Well done, Bowie. Nice indeed. one. Um, there's a lot. Have you, have you got any that you'd like to shout out, Harley? Um, as far as I'm aware, Rain is still doing his regular, uh, I think he's doing Monday evening and Friday evening request uh, live streams. Yes, indeed he is. Uh, drum Live request drum covers, which are awesome. Um, I will get more, well, just go off his YouTube channel. He's really good at uh, social media, so he'll he'll be sharing that all with Absolutely. you guys. Anyway. Um, Ollie Milton, our mate, um, has been putting a couple of live yeah. take covers on Bandcamp. He says, hope you guys are well. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, so he, he found oh, us nice. on Instagram. You can just find him as uh, um, Ollie Athens on there for some reason. I, I think he maybe just went to Athens for no. quite a while, didn't he? Um, so yeah, he's been putting some stuff on Bandcamp. So far, you can find him out there. Um, Simon Goldsmith, our mate, that lovely man, um, Mr. Harry Isaac Presley, has been doing some online gigs and also has been recording some videos of him singing with a bunch of his fans and his missus, um, which has been really fun to watch, actually. He's been, he's, he brings a smile to our faces, doesn't he? Oh, it does. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, nice one. Also, he's been very generous um, to Age UK Suffolk when I've been raising money. We've we've almost raised about 1,200 quid for Age UK on doing the live streams. Amazing, man. Um, and all, well done. Thank you. Um, and people have been really benefiting from it already, so I'm really happy about that. We've got to spread that's, a bit of love, that's right? That's really good. Um, and also, definitely, definitely. I've been putting up our PayPal link for the Lockerbillies to help rec- us record a new album as we we've been talking about doing this concept album for ages um so the time is now and people have helped i mean we've raised about 250 quid already just for people from people being lovely and simon mr harry isaac presley has been helping out with that so on air thank you mate for that um speaking of on air honey and the bear have been doing some stuff as well oh yeah Oh yeah, um, they've been doing bear stuff, mate. Um, and yeah, they, they're all over their Facebook uh, live streams. If you like your Americana, you like your folk, and you like just something to chill out to that sounds lovely, uh, John and Lucy are the best. So Honey and Bear, check them out. Our mate Justine Definitely. as well, Lady J. She's been busking mm-hmm. um, as well online. She's been doing stuff uh, every week at least, I think. Um, and uh, BBC Music Introducing have been shouting her out as well. Brooke Telling, we've played her on the show before. She also does multiple live streams, and she's from around here. Um, we like her. She's got some nice chilled-out tunes. Um, British, yeah. David T. British, has been doing some hip-hop. So if you are more hip-hop inclined, he's there for you. Um, and I'm not sure how regularly all these people are doing these, but if you do find their social media pages, they will tell you better than we can. Um, Tim mm. Thorpe from the Four O'Clock Robots are honing their social distancing recording techniques and will bring you some tunes shortly. Uh, best place to find us, he says, is search Four O'Clock Robots on YouTube. So nice one, Tim, for that one. Uh, I hope everybody checks them out. They're mental. I love it. Um, and also nice, we've yeah. had some stuff from Matt from the Torsion Field. He says their album Gravity and Time is out on most online stores. Uh, if you could give that a shout out. I just did. So there you go, mate. Uh, Andy <laughs> Heesman's the bass player for that one. 
Um, yeah. Or is he the bass player or is he the guitarist? I can't remember. I think he's bass player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he produced it as well. So yeah. nice one, Eddie. Um, oh, great stuff. And last thing we had shout out on Instagram. Um, thanks for uh, <laughs> Alistair Camel. Uh, Alfie Weimark, our mate, has been doing online bass lessons on the double bass and electric bass, and he is a real pro. He's a great bass player. So if you want some absolutely, oh, awesome. if you want some good double bass, classical jazz, or um, or any old any old piccato technique, pizzicato, talk yeah. to Mister Alfie Weimark. He's on YouTube. Oh no, he's on uh, Instagram mm-hmm. way more than he is on Facebook. I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, help check him out. Yeah, and also um, both of us, we both teach. So if anybody is looking for yeah. guitar or bass lessons, do get in touch because, you know. Definitely. I've, I've actually not got a lot of time, but, you know, if you do want. <laughs> for, no, you're a very busy boy. I'm quite booked up yeah. with lessons, but if you guys do feel like you need some help, please do let us know. And you can quote <laughs> you can quote uh, the, the promotional code Harley and Joshua 2020 <laughs> and you'll get a free lesson. Don't Don't quote that. No, I don't know. Please. <laughs> uh, um, sweet. Okay, then. Well, um, yeah, we will we'll see you. I say I, I don't want to say next week. We'll say next time. We'll see how we go because I'm losing track of days. I have no idea what day of the week <laughs> it is right now. Yeah, um, and it's also we've got I, to be able I to... I haven't done for some time. So from me, Harley Thanks. Cotton, I'd love to say goodbye. And from me, Josh Locke, I'd like to say... Harley is the best. <laughs> I do say that. <laughs> that is my catchphrase. Oh, you do, damn it. Um, do remember, everybody, we yeah, do have is. our Spotify playlist. We do have regular games every week on our Facebook, and they've been popping off, actually, seeing as, uh, you know, because everybody's stuck inside. So if you do find yourself yeah. bored, go over to the Harley and Josh Show Facebook page, and you will be unbored. I hope, if so. That's I hope so. Wonderful. Right, then. We'll see you guys next time. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>